highlighting all the local and national stories which impact you. Isn't it amazing that the issues we had in the 60s with people killing us, now we're killing us, and we're not saying anything about it. Had white people come through Milwaukee and started killing black people, the world would have stopped on its axis because so many people would have shown up to defend the neighborhood. But yet crime is literally out of control. And we're talking about it? It's an issue? What is your plan? What's the secret? Bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. Milwaukee, like many other major cities in the United States, has some issues that we have to work on. And that's no secret. And I've been talking about those issues over the course of my campaign for mayor. You're joking, right? Talking about it? Where's the plan? We keep talking about plans, talking about strategies. Where is the plan? What are we doing? Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. It's decimating the black community. Yeah, because y'all don't eat right. So when you get sick because you don't eat right because you're overweight and nobody tells you because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because we live in a world now where if you hurt somebody's feelings, you might get arrested. It's ridiculous. Idiotic. If you know you're not supposed to have certain things because you have diabetes, don't eat it. Oh, but it tastes so good. Okay. Tell that to your children and your grandchildren who won't see you because you decided to eat. Doesn't make any sense to me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. See, I shouldn't have been up in here hanging out with that other guy. The truth was Sherwin Hughes today. Had a good time. Hung out with Noni Juice and Sherwin V. Hughes. So, had a good time today. So, had a really interesting weekend. Um, ended up driving to Chicago on Sunday. Took me three and a half hours to get there. And then coming back, it took me like three hours. Ridiculous, backed up traffic, crashes, accidents, all kind of crazy stuff going on. Between here and the south suburbs of Illinois. But I made it back. I made it in. Everybody's good. All is well with the world. I also made it a point to listen to what other people were saying throughout the day, throughout the week. And so, as you know, my weekends are spent um, really just hanging out and 
Reading, right? I read a lot. I'm a nerd. I read a lot. Can a boomer be a nerd? Or am I a noomer? A nerd boomer? Or a boomer nerd? That would make me a bird. That's about as dumb as I could come up with. However, as I start to, first of all, I'm reading a book, and I hope, I'm not going to say the name of the book, but in October, I hope to have the author on the show to really discuss and talk about the black community. Now, the reason I'm intrigued about this book is because it's written by a white female. I think she's like Gen X. And because of that and other things I was watching and other things I was reading, it made me start to think um, there are some things that are in our community that we hold on to and that we think are important and they're not. I mean, they sound important and they've worked their way through our community, through our families, through our churches. But I don't really think it should have the weight that it does. If anything, I think that it's a cop out. I think that we're blaming something and it's not really true. Here's why. So. Listening to what people say and do in their lives is not based. It's not a generational curse. We have to stop saying, oh, you do something so somebody else does something, that's a generational curse. If you drink and you're an alcoholic and then your daddy drank and he was an alcoholic and your grandfather drank and he was an alcoholic and your brother and your cousin, your uncle and your sister, then it's a generational curse. And I say, I don't think so. I think we're victim of what we see is what will be. And if you see a lot of people drinking a lot, then you may drink a lot and be sociable, and then end up becoming an alcoholic. I know there are medical things that go along with that, but bear with me, I'm going somewhere. It's not a generational curse, and it's not trauma. I believe in many cases it's people. No, let me not say that. Let me just be authentic. It's people living off the lies of their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents telling them things that are not true and not based in fact. It's folklore. We hold on to things. Investing in the market is playing the market. It's a risk. Of course it's a risk. Yeah, but it's, it's like gambling, so you shouldn't invest. And so you have a decent job, but then you don't invest and then you end up broke. Why? There are things that our parents told us that are not true. There are things that happened to us in the past that we should have overcome and that we should be able to make amends for. Henrietta Lacks. You know who Henrietta Lacks is? The Puerto Rico experiment, Tuskegee experiment, minorities have been victim of medical doctors during research. While it's unfortunate, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go to the doctor, shouldn't get yourself checked, and shouldn't be a part of medical research. 
But I had to think about, based on my belief that many things are not a generational curse, that we just do and are basically told dumb stuff. And I say dumb stuff because I can think back things my grandmother told me that didn't come to fruition, didn't, didn't pan out, were just blatantly wrong. Number one, white people, believe it or not, are not the devil. We give them too much power. They got the money, they got the power, they got the this, they got the that. Well, all these middle-class black people, upper-middle-class black people, black people doing well. There seems to be this thing that we believe that by virtue of being white, you're better, and you're not. So looking at oneself in the negative, thinking that people are automatically better than you because of their race, is something that was taught to us by them and has carried through for decades. Number two, many of the things holding you back are based on things you heard, not things you experienced. How many things can flow through social media that are just blatantly wrong and we believe it? Or we saw something a two-dimensional video that didn't cover all the angles, and we think what we saw was one thing, when in reality, it's another thing. But how did we get there? We got there because you decided to believe it. What would happen to Milwaukee if half the people who don't believe something about themselves that's positive, started believing it. What would happen to Milwaukee if every other person in high school decided, I'm going to graduate this year? What would happen if you thought my neighborhood is not bad and that I'm going to do something about it to make it good? Because in the end, my number three, the only thing you have to stop fighting is you. But then that circles us all the way back around to the church. And I guess the last thing you need to fix, which is something nobody will talk about and nobody will look at and nobody will pursue the only thing you have to stop fighting is your self-defeating belief system. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. DZ is on assignment, and I got the one, the only, the magnanimous, the stupendous, the Noni Juice. What's up? 
Hey, everyone. What up? What up? She was in harassing me when I was talking to Sherwin this morning, too. Yep. Treating me all bad. I was not. Pointing at me. You and Sherwin say I treat y'all bad. I don't do anything. Hey, hey. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Oh, wow. So. (laughs) 833-212-1017 is the number. I didn't even look him up. Hang on a second. I'll be right back. It's usually after Sherwin show my stuff all get hidden. Carrie Noni be coming in and hiding all my stuff. I'm just saying. Just saying. I don't know what this one is. Is this today? I didn't think so. It's just one of them days. Oh, by the way, in the 4.30 hour, uh, Lowen's Orleans, she's a attorney and partner at Tayback Law, will be coming in. Uh, she'll be calling in to be a guest today. Um, so I had a thought today, and it just kind of struck me. And I, I thought about it again as I was driving with those Six, six and a half hours of nothingness <laughs> sitting there looking at the road in front of me rolling at about 25 miles an hour. And people who have long-term effects from COVID, like continuous trouble breathing, continual runny nose, like are, are they evaluated the same at work? Because before COVID, they were fine and they were working and they were productive and now they, they have... Uh, some of the remnants of COVID, if that makes sense. They, they have some of the, some of the um, side effects that won't go away. The backache, the trouble breathing, the weight on their chest, right? Feeling like they have wet lungs, so it's difficult to breathe. Headache, which can then affect their production. Right. Can affect how they work, can affect how they go through life. And so my question, 833-212-1017 is the number. Is this a disability? Like, should this be a disability? If I talk to an employer and I try to get a new job um, and I tell them, you know, you have a disability. Like now they've got different stuff in disabilities now, right? Used to be mental health or used to be, you know, a, f- a physical or mental handicap. Now it's, no, we don't call people handicapped now anymore. We call them something different. So all the politically correct stuff, right? But it's COVID included in that. And so that's why we're going to talk to attorney Zorlene and, and really kind of ask some questions about, yeah, we got Social Security, and yeah, we could probably get to the disability SSI, um, SSDI, you know. But but what about your boss? Like, what about the employment side of that? Have you been affected by COVID or somebody in your family affected where they lost their job? Like, you actually have to sign up for Social Security? Is there is there if you go to work somewhere? Don't you think they would be able to say, do you have any disabilities? And you should be able to respond, yes, I have long-term 
reaction to COVID. And, and these are the things that have happened to me. Because I think that's important. I think it's important that we actually pay attention to the fact that not everybody's going back to work. You know, we, you know, Sherman was even talking about it today about people going back to work and all these jobs that are out there. You know, some, some people may not be able to go back to work because they have long-term effects from COVID and it affects their productivity. And what happens if you're fired because of COVID? What if you're fired because you caught COVID so many times that you had to take off too much work and now you're not getting paid? So they just lay you off. They say, no, don't go back. You're too susceptible to COVID. Would you tell somebody they were too susceptible to cancer or they were too susceptible to polio or the flu? I know of a person who actually went to the doctor. They could not go back to work, not because they tested positive for COVID, but because they had so many back issues and runny nose and headaches. They could not perform in the function of their job. Now, I'm thinking if you've got. I can't think of a job that with a runny nose, backaches, and headaches, what job could you actually perform anyway other than sitting in a chair and holding it still, sitting on a couch and holding it still, holding your TV remote? But at some point, do you know of anyone who's gone through that? Because I don't know. I don't think legislation has caught up to what's going on in the workforce today. And maybe some of those jobs that aren't being taken are jobs that actually would have been taken. But a lot of people that may work there may have COVID and they may not want you to know, like whatever happened to HIPAA. And if you self report, Is it a disability and people won't hire you? Is it a disability because it's communicable and people won't want you to work there because something might be wrong with you? 833-212-1017. Talking text line says a standard or precedent, legislative or otherwise, must be government established. Why does everything have to be governmentally established? Why can't a business take it upon themselves to decide whether or not they want to hire you or not hire you. Like, don't they decide whether or not they want to hire you with a handicap? Like, I don't, I don't think the, you know, we don't discriminate because of it. Right. But don't they, don't they decide, Hey, if I'm going to hire Dr. Ken Harris and he has a handicap of X, Y, Z, knowing it up front means they have the resources to deal with it. They may decide not to hire me and may never say anything about it because they don't have the resources. Is that then illegal? Is that then illegal? We'll find out. There's no precedent. There's no real law. And how do you quantify long-term COVID? Like how long do you have to have it in order for the symptoms to bother you to be considered disabled? A year? Six months? What about disability insurance? Like, if you have disability insurance, would it cover COVID? I'm intrigued by it because I find it interesting 
Um, <laughs> Talking text line says lawsuits oftentimes establish established precedent. That may be true, but you have to have standing. Like, what are you basing your argument on? One person? Or would it have to be a class action lawsuit? I think there would have to be enough people. Now, I'm not a lawyer. We'll have one on in a few minutes, but I'm not a lawyer. So I really couldn't tell you. But at some point, a year or so from now, six months from now, it's going to start rearing its ugly head because we're going to start wanting to hire people. And they're going to start asking you questions like, what's on your social media? What is your social media password? And where's your card for being vaccinated? When does that end? Like, like, like when does it end where I got to keep showing you my card? Now we're talking about bonuses. Then, did I say bonus? My brain's not working today. I must be still tired from driving. Um, You got your vaccination bonus, right? Your booster, knew it was a B word. (laughs) And, And so... You got your booster. Now they're talking about you get two boosters. Well, you need three boosters. That's not a third booster. That's just you getting the vaccine every year. Stop it. Stop lying to people. 833-212-1017. Dr. Ken just asked you to do more than fences. You looking for work, Frank? Southside Frank looking for some work. But what if you had COVID? And you have long-term, you got COVID in, when did I get it? December 2020. And time passes and I keep getting that cough. I keep getting that headache. I keep getting the runny nose. My back hurts to the point where I can't come to the studio and do the show. Am I then disabled? Do I call my boss and say, hey, boss, I'm disabled and I can't do it. Help me out. Hopefully we'll get most of these questions answered or at least explored. Tayback Law attorney and partner Lauren Zorlin up next. You're listening to The Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Noni Juice going to steer the ship today. And we'll be right back. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. So before the break, we were just talking about what it would take. Um to figure out all this disability stuff around COVID, how it would affect you as a worker, how it would affect you when you um, have symptoms, uh, have long lasting effects from COVID. You know, now you're not necessarily uh, testing positive, but you still have the headaches and the, you know, all the, what, 10 or 12 different symptoms you can get from COVID. How would that affect you? Could you be fired from your job? Could you list it as a disability? Um, So we have the fortune of having a great partner, Tayback Law, 
with us. And on the phone today, we have attorney Lauren Zorlin, who is an attorney and partner with Tayback Law. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you, along with your firm, work with Social Security, disability, uh, workers' compensation benefits, things of that nature. What's changed from pre-COVID, March 2020, until today as it relates to how, how companies deal with people who have COVID? Yeah, there's been a lot of changes, obviously. Um, You know, Congress had passed some rules and regulations, you know, a number of years ago, kind of when all this happened. And there are certain rules that employers are going to need to follow under, like, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, Obviously, work from home is a whole other kind of conversation to have with employees. You know, it's just really affected kind of every way that I think employers are interacting with their staff. Um, So it's a big change. And, you know, we see, too, even in processing our claims in our office, you know, the government um, has got some pretty significant delays. And it was already a pretty slow process to begin with. So it's really an all-encompassing effect, I think, on everyone. I think everyone feels that, you know. So is there anything that the, I mean, outside of the Social Security benefits, outside of the disability benefits, is there anything I, as a um, worker in the work world, needs to be aware of that if I have long-term effects, what are some of the options for me? Uh, will it will it depend on the company? Will it depend on what federal, like, I, I don't even know. Did the federal government change the law or did they just put something in place by executive order? Yeah, so I primarily deal with Social Security disability. That's kind okay. of my wheelhouse. Okay. I don't typically deal with kind of the employer side of things, but under the Americans with Disabilities Act, you know, if somebody is having ongoing symptoms and ongoing health issues, they may need to request a reasonable accommodation from their employer. Um, somebody might need FMLA leave, and there's going to be federal rules and laws that are going to apply to various employers, but then also state-level laws, depending on the size of the employer and where somebody's located. And, you know, that can get complicated if you're in California and your employer is in Wisconsin, you know, so you may need to consult with an attorney um, on those particular issues. But I always think the best thing is just to communicate with the employer, you know, make sure that they're aware um, so that they have the opportunity to work with you and, and, you know, figure out a way that makes it work for everyone, you know, but that's a perfect world, right? Not every employer is going to want to do that. And, you know, sometimes there's the concern that, oh gosh, if I mention this to my employer, they might terminate me um, or I'm going to be reprimanded in some way. You know, I might lose my position, you know, wherever they're Uh at. So, you know, they're not supposed to do that. Um, And obviously, if that happens, that's certainly something you'd want to talk to a lawyer about because, you know, there are protections in place. And so the EEOC basically says that you or a representative can let the employer know. But does that representative have to be a specific person? Does it have to be a lawyer or can it be like my spouse? 
Um, no, it, it doesn't have to be a lawyer. You know, I'm not sure of the exact rules on that, but I mean, it certainly can be the employee, you know, saying, hey, I'm having these health issues. And then the employer going to probably ask for documentation from doctors and, mm-hmm. and certain information to kind of prove and figure out, all right, what exactly is the issue here and what kind of accommodation, again, is going to be reasonable. That's always sort of the big thing is what's reasonable um, under the law. And so in the end, finally, it's really important that the individual speak to their employer and notify them that they're that they would like reasonable accommodation. Otherwise, the the employer really has no obligation to really do anything. Not necessarily. I mean, an employer, if they have reason to believe that an employee needs an accommodation, the burden isn't just on the employee to ask for it. The employer may need to say, hey, you know, I see that you've been giving me doctor, doctor's excuses for, you know, X number of days, you mm-hmm. know, is, you know, is there something we can do for you? Um, so, you know, there's no magic words that people need to use and say, hey, I need an accommodation under the ADA. You know, somebody might just, an employee might just say, hey, um, I'm having issues with my schedule. Can we work something out? You know, that can be sufficient at times. So it, it's it's not black and white. You know, there's no right one right way to do it, I would say. Uh, but the, I think the important thing is communication and then also documentation. You know, you're going to want to have as much documentation as possible um, so that there's no questions and there's no confusion and just really no issues. And so final, my, my final question, I promise. Does the, yeah. <laughs> does the accommodation have to be in writing? Or can I just call my employer and say, hey, these are the issues I'm having? Well, um, generally, you're going to need to get the accommodation from a doctor. So it's going to need to be in writing. And that's something that the employer would work with the employee on. I mean, usually you're going to have an HR team, really, right, or an right. HR department or HR person who's going to have certain paperwork that are going to they're going to say, OK, you need to have your doctor fill out this form and we need you to do that. Um, so they'll kind of walk you through that process and tell somebody what they need. But it's always a good idea, I think, to talk to your doctor and give them a heads up and say, hey, you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking. So that if the doctor receives any paperwork, it's not a surprise. Well, thank you much, Lawrence Warlene. She is attorney and partner at Tayback Law. So if someone wants to contact Tayback Law, they're having any issues with Social Security benefits or disability or workers' comp, how do they contact you guys? Yeah, we do free consultations, so people can contact us um, on our website. We have a little chat box. You can set up a, a consultation that way, or you can call our office, um, or you can reach us also on social media. All right. Thank you much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. 833-212-1017 is the number. So I can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, I got issues with Noni Juice. She's causing me to request accommodation because she makes my head hurt or something of that nature. And so if you have any issues or problems that deal with Social Security or disability benefits and things of that nature with the government, you can always contact Tayback Law and they will help you out. I I was just wondering about that because I, I started hearing so many people start to talk about the fact that they were having issues uh, going to work and they were wondering what their rights were. And so basically you can make a reasonable you can make a reasonable accommodation to your um, employer and they have to um, accommodate you. Same thing goes with universities. Right. If you're a student or schools, elementary school, high school. 
things of that nature. Hey, by the way, 1017 The Truth is moving. We are moving to the avenue right in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. Follow our progress all summer long as we embark on a journey to our new home. The avenue is vibrant, exciting. Uh, you'll be able to come by and watch us live, and we'll, we'll get to go eat our face off. But we're going to pretend like that didn't happen. Uh, 1017 The Truth's move to the avenue is sponsored by Coakley Brothers and Brothers Interiors, the official moving and furniture provider of GKB Milwaukee. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. That is kind of funny, though. That is funny. Story on... Uh, <laughs> TMJ4.com that fentanyl declared health crisis in Waukesha and Washington counties. 79 people died in Waukesha County due to overdoses in 2021. 62 of those directly related to fentanyl. Where have they been the last five years? Like, where, like seriously, where have they been? Scott Walker put stuff into effect to the point where if you call in and you gave a drug to somebody and they overdose and you call the police, you can't be held culpable for, you know, this or that. Or, and I'm thinking to myself, y'all locked up how many black people? And now we're trying to find ways because it's happening in the suburbs. Now, all of a sudden, it's a crisis. Well, it wasn't a crisis when it was in a black community when your assumption was that people were poor. And those poor people. Contrary to popular belief, there are more poor whites than there are blacks. And so there's more poor white people doing drugs and dying. Across Wisconsin, the opioid epidemic has spread to urban and rural areas, affecting all genders, all races, and many age groups. That's not what you were saying five years ago. You were talking about how bad communities were and how bad schools were and how bad the city was. Now, all of a sudden, the same media changes the way that they follow the story. That's that's unfortunate. That is really unfortunate. That is unfortunate. All the bad things that happen in suburbs and nobody says anything about it. And, and why would you stop at 2021? What about 2020, 2019, 2018? Because they were starting all these groups and panels, task forces to make sure they stop it. You didn't care about that when people were overdosing in the 1990s. When you put all those people in jail. It's hard to have sympathy right now. It's unfortunate that people are dying. Launch a local public information initiative utilizing the Drug Enforcement Agency. One pill can kill. Is there anywhere in here that says when you do a crime, you actually go to jail? But it amazes me in the white community. We always have to find something to mitigate it and always blame it on something else. How about locking the people up that give them drugs? That deliver the drugs. That's unfortunate. 
That is unfortunate. Because I don't see many people from the suburbs going to jail for drug possession, drug use. But I bet they get treatment. I bet they'll figure out a way to start a drug court out there. And they'll get treatment because they're special. That's unfortunate. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017. Should we be giving this much information, this much deference to suburbs? I thought the suburbs were perfect. I thought the suburbs were places that got created in the 70s to get away from black and Hispanic people and Asian and, you know, them Catholic people. Get away from them. They're not pure. Right. I, I thought that was the case. Eight, three, three, two, one, two, one, zero, one, seven is the number. What what happened? Like suburbs have always been off the chain. We've just been pretending like it never really happened and it keeps quiet. And the media is culpable because they never went to the suburbs for anything negative. So you're telling me you didn't. When did you not take notice? That's that. How many people was it? Seventy nine. When did you not take notice that in Waukesha, in in some of these counties, that many people died? Like, where did you not notice? You notice in Milwaukee every day. You track Milwaukee every day. 79 people in Waukesha County, 2021, overdose. Is that a lot of people? I don't know. 833-212-1017. One seven is the number. Mercy, you're on the new one oh one seven the truth. How are you? I'm well, how about you? I'm good. I'm so glad that you brought up this conversation. Um I've uh chimed in many times um regarding this subject because I'm a licensed substance abuse counselor. And I work right in the community and I also own a sober a sober living home. And so what I have seen is that a lot of people, uh, people of color, are not for drug court. They have absolutely no clue what drug court is. But it is offered to other races more predominantly. And if you look into drug court history, specifically here in Milwaukee or even in Wisconsin, you would see that the majority of people who have been to drug court are Caucasian males. Okay. And so what can we do about that? Can you request drug court? You know what? I always tell people who have uh, substance abuse issues, Mm -hmm. um, who are having trouble with the law, when you have that run in and you and they get you, they get you, uh, uh, I guess, holding or whatever, and they want to bring up charges, tell them you have a drug problem and you want to see drug court. I always tell them that. I always tell them that because it's something that's never discussed or offered to them. I've had many clients, many black clients, who, uh, and even employees who worked for me, who should have been offered drug court. Right. They should have. And, um, again, it's just predominantly tailored towards a certain population. I even heard you mention earlier, not you, I'm sorry, um, Sherwin, mm-hmm. you brought up a very good point about how a lot of overdoses are being reported accurately. A lot of people are coming to Milwaukee to purchase drugs. Then they'll go back to their areas, or sometimes they'll just stay down here 
henceforth why you see a, a lot of uh, people panhandling because it's not accepted right. in the areas that right. they are from. Now, something I have to correct you on. You know there's a lot of drugs in the suburbs. They ain't got to come all the way down here. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it is. Okay. But see, here's the thing. But that's the assumption that everybody you know makes. That, right? right. They they make the assumption. Uh, and, oh, that's coming from Milwaukee. Not if every drug came nope. from Milwaukee, there'd be nobody left. That's right. That is totally right. And I mean, for me personally, and I and I hundred percent agree with you. All the drugs are not coming from Milwaukee because that's what they like to project to uh, to the TV. Right. Uh, the masses that all these problems are happening here in Milwaukee. It is totally not. It's happening everywhere, like you just said. However, they do come down here, and they come get they come get their drugs. And sometimes we go, we even we even travel. They'll go out there and go give them their drugs. Right. Here's for why some people get football numbers, where it'll be a white person who might have overdosed. They'll go search for the drug dealer, and everybody was involved. But if it was a black person, that ain't happening, and wow. they're not gonna get twenty years. Wow. And so I find it interesting, and I know you have to go and I have to take a break pretty soon, but I find it interesting that they only keep keying on fentanyl that's added to it, and they kind of miss the fact that it's heroin. I am so glad that you said this, because I'm sick of, I'm one of the people out here that I'm sick of the, uh, you remember how they used to say it's the war on drugs? Right. That is a front. I call it the front on drugs because they only want to say the, the fentanyl, the fentanyl, the opioids, the fentanyl. I can literally show you the people I've serviced in the three years that I've operated my business, uh-huh. and I haven't, I haven't had too many people who use uh, opioids. It's been more crack cocaine and alcohol than ever. That it has never went away. If you go do, if you go to a residential treatment facility mm-hmm. right now and go ask everybody what's their primary drug of choice and be truthful they're going to say it's crack cocaine majority of people lie here (laughs) it's because they know that the opioid users are going to be uh their first priority really is 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 written oh yeah this is some information that you can find they are uh, opioid pregnant IV users are considered um primary uh, priority wow and they get into treatment first wow and they also happen to be predominantly white. I couldn't hear you. And they, and I guess they are predominantly white, correct? They are predominantly white. That is correct. Wow. Well, they are predominantly you. white. You've been a wealth no of problem. knowledge. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, Mercy. Hey, go Google now. All right. Y'all ain't got to take my word for it. Yes, ma'am. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven. So we keep talking about fentanyl, but that's what's added to the drug. When when are we going to get around to talking about what the actual issue is? Suburban kids using drugs and they need to be going to jail. You can get treatment in jail, but it seems like here you always tend to get. Jail time, arrested, but in a suburb, oh, it's treatment. Got to have a task force to discuss it, to go over it, because I'm getting myself upset. 833-212-1017 is the number.
I just find it interesting. I, I just I just find it. Hmm. We'll talk about it after the five o'clock news, but it's 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 to the point where now the news are talking about fentanyl as being the thing that are that's killing people when in fact you're using opioids. And if you weren't using opioids, you would never run into fentanyl. So let's fix that. Oh, no, we can't fix that. We're going to give you strips to test it. So what are we testing drugs now to make sure that people don't? It's unfortunate. Milwaukee's got what, like 600 some odd overdose deaths in Milwaukee County. They got 79 and this and the news is all over it. I find that interesting. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017. Hey, want to remind you, never miss a show. You can stream us on multiple platforms. But I say just download the Truth app. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris.